Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. Live from our WSBT Radio studios in downtown South Bend. Let's go! Come on! Ah! Welcome to Budweiser's weekday sports beat. Wow, don't blink. A lot of major intestinal fortitude going on here. On your home for Notre Dame football. Knocked down by Wooden. The game is over. The Irish is upset. Florida State. Notre Dame is number one. And Notre Dame basketball. Championship for Notre Dame! Plus fighting Irish hockey. They score! Jake Evans scores! Notre Dame, 3.7 seconds away from a spot in the national championship game. The NFL and Major League Baseball. Oh my gracious, how about that? Sports Radio 960 WSBT. WSBTradio.com. The free WSBT radio app. Big time budgets. Now, here's your host, seven-time Associated Press Broadcasting Award winner, Darren Pritchett. Well, a pleasant good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Speed on 960 AM WSBT. As always, a live stream is available at WSBTradio.com. And on our free WSBT radio app, which you can acquire right now at the iTunes or Google Play stores. Just search WSBT radio. Once you have the app on your phone, you can listen to this program live. Also, the ability to listen to the program on demand. It is eight minutes after five o'clock on this Friday, February the 24th of 2018. And 23, I am not broadcasting from our studios tonight. I am in my hockey headquarters, as I will call Notre Dame hockey, from the man cave tonight as the Fighting Irish are in Ann Arbor to take on everyone's favorite, the Michigan Wolverines. Final regular season series of the year for the Fighting Irish. They're still just a 500 hockey team. I will say this, and I'll probably say this more in a hockey segment. They're playing a lot better than they did a month ago, which is promising. But every week in the Big Ten, you play a top ten team, it seems like. And tonight, they will take on number four. We will have a hockey reference in our hat trick of topics and also a hockey segment coming up later on this hour here on WSBT Radio. Notre Dame football news we got a little bit to pass along to you. My good friend Eric Hansen, he is a part now of the Rivals Network. He is reporting that there is one candidate that has, well, I guess, I don't know if he's taken himself off the list, but he's no longer a candidate for the offensive line position at Notre Dame. We'll get to that coming up in just a couple of moments. Also on the program this evening, we will have our Twitter question of the day. 
the situation right now for Purdue. They can lock up the Big Ten championship, at least to share of it this weekend. I'll explain how in just a little bit. In the 6 o'clock hour, we're going to peek ahead to next week. And Hoosier Hysteria getting started here in the state of Indiana. High school boys basketball sectionals begin on Tuesday. And our sister station, 96-1, the ton, will have all the play-by-play of the Laporte sectional, which is a class 4A sectional, highly competitive, as you've got Adams, Michigan City, Laporte, Plymouth, Mishawaka, and Riley, and it's anyone's ball game in that particular sectional. I'll take a look at some of the news and notes surrounding that sectional in the 6 o'clock hour. We'll have a little sizzler, and I'm absolutely on a cold streak. I'm just about ready to start flipping coins at this point, or maybe just put it out on Twitter, just pick for me, and I'll just go with whatever you guys are going to go with because I've not had a winning day. I've had two for two, but I haven't had a winning day since last Thursday, so I am ice cold right now. We'll try to do better tonight. We'll wrap up the program with a little Notre Dame football recruiting talk as I spoke with Blue and Gold Illustrated's Mike Singer earlier this week. So again, here's what we have tonight. We've got Fox Sports Radio following this program on WSBT Radio on our sister station, 96.1 The Ton, 16-6 and Mishawaka, wrapping up the boys' basketball regular season, playing at South Bend St. Joe, 7.05 pregame with Brian Miller on 96.1 The Ton. And then I'll have Notre Dame Hockey at Michigan, 6.45 pregame, 7 o'clock opening face-off from one of the cool venues. And honestly, any sport I've been at, Yost Ice Arena is just an awesome place to go to. They have the best student section in the Big Ten. There's always a buzz in the stands. So the Irish will take on a Michigan team. They've won six of the last seven in that building, which is pretty remarkable. I can't believe many teams have done that through the years, considering how tough it is to win in that building and how good Michigan has been for so, so long. So that is what's coming up. So let's get the program started with our hat trick of opening topics. And I'll start things off with a little news. Again, Eric Hansen um, from the Rivals Network, he is reporting that a guy that many people were hoping that was going to be the new offensive line coach for the Fighting Irish Looks like it's not going to happen. As Eric has put out today this particular tweet, and it reads as follows. According to a source, former Georgia offensive line coach Matt Luke is out of the running for the Notre Dame offensive line coaching job. Luke interviewed in South Bend on Tuesday and Wednesday. So if you are a subscriber to InsideIndieSports.com, part of the Rivals Network, Eric has the latest, what his sources are telling him that, I'll say this, going on social media, message boards the last 24 hours or so, I don't think I have seen a more popular name pop up for any coaching position at Notre Dame. There was a lot of excitement that Matt Luke is interested in Notre Dame, Former Ole Miss center, former offensive line coach. At Ole Miss became the head coach in 17, 18, and 19 before parting ways with Ole Miss, then joined Kirby Smart's staff 
as offensive line coach and associate head coach. He was there for two years, including that first national championship for the Bulldogs. He then stepped away from coaching in February of 2022 to spend more time with his family. According to Eric, that Matt was in town Tuesday and Wednesday, but according to his sources, Matt Luke is out of the running for Notre Dame offensive line coach. Now, Notre Dame athletic director Jack Swarbrick mentioned yesterday in his live chat that they have really pared down to the, I guess, the top options, and he felt like something was going to wrap up very quickly when it comes to this coaching search, but it will not involve Matt Luke, according to Eric Hansen, again, the co-publisher of InsideNDSports.com, part of the Rivals family. Well, Luke was the main name out there. Now we'll see how the Irish pivot in this situation. And just to clear up any misconceptions, because we don't want that, there was not a Notre Dame hockey game Tuesday or Wednesday, so we know absolutely nothing. We can't use that as a, a monitor or a barometer to the situation. I kid. 5.15 is our time. Also, Mr. Swarbrick, yesterday had a statement in regard to replacing Mike Bray. After 23 years, the Irish basketball coach is leaving the program. I have a feeling we're going to see him coach again sometime soon. I hope he does some TV next year. He would be terrific on ESPN as a college basketball commentator. So the search right now is taking place in the midst of a season, which has to be a little awkward. And here's what Mr. Swarbrick had to say in regard to the Notre Dame basketball coaching search. And I quote, I'm in the middle of it right now. It's a little challenging to be engaged in a search during the season. I'm careful not to be distracting other coaches. I'm talking to agents principally or friends of these coaches who have an interest in it. It takes a little more time when you're doing it in this window, but we've made great progress. We can absolutely attract a great coach. I think our practice facility is the best in the country. We have a perfect arena. The ACC is a great basketball conference and a conference with some potential opportunity as Coach K has moved on, Coach Williams, and some other coaches in that conference. I think there's a chance to build your position in the ACC. And, of course, the school represents everything a lot of coaches are looking for. End quote. I'm intrigued, i got to admit. I'm really curious to see what level of coach that Notre Dame is going to be able to bring in this offseason. I will politely disagree with Mr. Swarbrick on Notre Dame has the best practice facility in the country. The arena's okay. The improvements made it a much more enjoyable place to watch a basketball game, so that's in good shape. The roster is going to be gutted, basically, once the season is over, all the grad transfers leave. Will J.J. Starling stay? Will he go? There's only one member left in the class of 2023. That's Penn's Marcus Burton. It is 
a basketball program within a football school. Football comes first, second, third, and fourth. It took Mike Bray a very long time to get the practice facility that Mr. Swarbrick referenced to. He had to be very, very patient. Eventually, he got it, and it's been a very nice addition to this Notre Dame basketball program. Is it going to be a position where you're going to get a veteran coach to come in and take over the program? Is it going to be a coach with a profile that is rising that's going to come from a smaller conference, sort of like Mike Bray came from Delaware, although he had his roots with Duke as an assistant coach. That's a major factor. But is that the route that will lead Notre Dame to their new coach, someone that has yet to hit the big time in terms of name recognition, that's doing a great job at a non-Power 5 school looking for that big break? That is a possibility. I have no idea how much Notre Dame is willing to pay for their new head coach. That's obviously in a factor in the type of person they can get. I think it's a good job. I think it's a good, solid job. Mike Bray has definitely taken this program to a different level from when he found it. Now this year's different, but I think we can all say over the 23 years, Notre Dame basketball across the country There's a different tone about it compared to when Mike started 23 years ago. Now the new coach is going to have some work to do. I think we all are going to have to be patient. I hope everyone will be patient with the new head coach because it's it's possible it might take a couple of years to get this thing rolling again just because of the roster turnover. If J.J. Starling comes back, that's a great place to start. I'm not sure what's left on the roster, how much that's going to be a building block. You're only going to get one player from your recruiting class. A lot of work to be done. Can you get the number of transfers in that you want? So I think we're going to have to be patient, and I'm excited to see who that new head coach will be. All right, to our second hat trick of opening topics for this Friday. Let's turn our attention to Notre Dame hockey as they play at Michigan tonight. So the Irish are going to wrap up the regular season in Ann Arbor against the Wolverines. Notre Dame is only 14-14-4 overall in the Parawise, which is the computer rankings, which helps to decide the at-large teams that go to the 16-team NCAA tournament and the seeding. Notre Dame is in a very dangerous spot at 16, as I've talked about for many years. In following this process, you want to be in the top 12 going into the selection process because you've got teams that are not going to make the NCAA tournament that shockingly win a conference tournament. We see it in basketball. They steal a bid. That's what happens. 16 in the pairwise will not get you into the tournament. Guarantee because Atlantic hockey normally doesn't have a team that's ranked in the top 16, but they get an automatic berth. So they're kind of that 16 team. So automatically... 16 is not going to get you in. 15 probably won't either. If Notre Dame wants to rise in the rankings, they're going to have to beat really good teams. And that starts with the number four team in the country, Michigan, tonight. But let's put the NCAA tournament aside for a moment. There is an opportunity for Jeff Jackson's team tonight. Notre Dame enters the final two games of the regular season 
with an outside chance of still earning a top four seat in the Big Ten tournament. That allows the Irish to play in front of their home fans in the best of three Big Ten tournament quarterfinal next weekend. I'll simply put it this way. I've got a piece of paper in front of me right now, and it's from the Big Ten office, and it is the tie-breaking procedures. Looking at it and studying it, I got a headache. It's confusing, but I'll say this. There is an outside chance that if Penn State and Notre Dame tie after this weekend, it might go down to the fifth tiebreaker. That's how close this whole thing is. Notre Dame and Penn State are tied right now for fifth place. They have 31 points. Michigan State holds that final home series for the quarterfinals, but they're idle this weekend. They're done. Notre Dame and Penn State are three points behind Michigan State. You win in regulation, you get three points. So if the Irish win in regulation tonight at Michigan, they're automatically tied with Michigan State for fourth. And if Penn State beats Wisconsin, they would tie as well. Penn State has the advantage. They are hosting last place Wisconsin for two games, while Notre Dame is on the road against the number four team in the country, Michigan. It's still a long shot. And let's put it simply, you lose tonight, the Irish are going to be wearing blue sweaters throughout the Big Ten tournament as the road team, including next weekend. So lose tonight, we don't have to worry about scenarios for tomorrow night. So that's what's in store for the Irish as they take on Michigan. And Notre Dame right now is in a conference in which there are seven teams. The number one seed is decided Minnesota. They're the regular season champs. The team in seventh place is locked up. That is Wisconsin. And as Jeff Jackson is going to talk about here, the Big Ten race, two through six, is wide open. Who knows who's going to finish where? And you know what? It's not very easy trying to make up ground in the NCAA tournament and adding to your resume because every week in the Big Ten, Jeff Jackson's team is playing a highly ranked team. Yeah, I mean, I think everything gets skewed because we're all we all grew up on the two-point system. So sometimes the margins look a little different than what you're accustomed to. So it doesn't take long to catch up or it doesn't take long to fall behind with the three-point system. And... You know, you are. I mean, it happened. It happens to everybody when you get that bye week because you're, you know, people are going to move ahead of you, and and then hopefully when you have, uh, when when the other teams have the bye week, then you're going to move ahead of them. So, uh, but it is. It's the conference is crazy tough, and you know, it's frustrating for me to actually watch what's going on across the country. Sometimes some of the teams we're competing with, we're playing a team in the top ten, and other teams are playing conference teams that are in the bottom ten of the of the country. So, you know, it makes it hard to improve your winning percentage. Our strength of schedule doesn't go down, but you know, winning winning still matters, and winning percentage still has a bigger value, even though you're playing much weaker teams. So there's Jeff Jackson on this very very tough. Big Ten Conference. Six of the seven teams are ranked in the top 20 in the latest USCHO.com poll. I'm a voter in that particular poll, and just like a majority of the voters, I have four Big Ten teams ranked in the top 10, including I've had Minnesota number one for several weeks now, and I really think this is their year to win the national championship. We need to get a Big Ten champion 
or I should say a Big Ten team to win the national championship. The NCHC has kind of dominated college hockey the last few years, including when Duluth beat the Irish in the 18 title game. It's time for the Big Ten to win one again, so hopefully someone can get it done. Love to see it to be Notre Dame, but I'm not sure they're going to get that chance. Minnesota, they're going to be in the dance, and they've got a great, great shot. And finally, our final hat trick of opening topics for tonight. Purdue is ready to clinch a share of the Big Ten championship. They got what they needed last night from their friends from Champaign-Urbana as Illinois pulled off a miraculous comeback from down 18 at halftime to stun the Northwestern Wildcats 66-62. With that Northwestern loss, Purdue's magic number for clinching a share at the very least of the Big Ten title is now one. All they have to do tomorrow at, what, 7.30 is to beat the Indiana Ball Club. The Indiana Hoosiers are at Mackey. Hoosiers got Purdue down in Bloomington a few weeks ago, and now they square off once again at Mackey, and if Purdue wins, at the very least, a share of the Big Ten title, and I think we all know eventually they're going to win it, and they can actually win it outright with two things happening this weekend. Again, Purdue beats Indiana tomorrow, and then on Sunday, if Northwestern loses at Maryland, Purdue is the outright Big Ten champion. Maryland has lost only one time at home this year. They have been gobbling up opponents on their home floor this year, so that will not be easy for Northwestern. And it will be interesting to see if Northwestern has any scars from that loss to the Illini last night as they got to win that game. You're up 18. This is a NCAA tournament team. You cannot let that slip away. I don't care if it's on the road or not. So Boilermakers are 13-4. and four. You've got Northwestern at 11-6. and six. Maryland, Indiana, Illinois are 10-7. and seven. But the Boilers and the Hoosiers tomorrow night should be fun at Mackey Arena. And that's our hat trick of opening topics for tonight, including a little information that Eric Hansen had earlier this afternoon that former Georgia offensive line coach Matt Luke is out of the running for Notre Dame offensive line coach. And I hear you groaning right now as I wrap up this segment. It is 528 coming up in a moment. We will get to our Twitter question of the day. We've got a Notre Dame hockey preview to get to, a look at the Laporte sectional. Mike Singer on Notre Dame football recruiting all coming up before 7 o'clock on your home of the Fighting Irish Sports Radio 960 WSBT. This is the Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat Twitter question of the day from Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Welcome back to the program. It is 5.33 on this Friday evening. Darren Pritchett back with you. Well, our Twitter question of the day is found each weekday on my Twitter account at 960-SPORTSPEED. We've had a lot of Notre Dame football-related Twitter questions of the day recently with all of the excitement that has been taking place surrounding Notre Dame's search for an offensive coordinator, quarterback coach, now offensive line coach. So we had another one for you last night. 
It read as followed. What Notre Dame defensive-related storyline is most likely to occur this spring? I gave you three choices. Number one, one of the young linebackers overtakes a veteran. The second choice, searching for more defensive line depth. And third, where will the sacks come from? So let's go through the voting. All three choices got some pretty good action. Coming in third place, 26% of the vote, a young linebacker overtakes a veteran for playing time. This would not shock me. This has been highly debated on Notre Dame websites with the people who are fans who subscribe and they have discussions on message boards. There's just a lot of drama about the veteran linebackers have the high football IQ but maybe don't have the athleticism or the game-changing ability. But these young guns who you look at the video from high school and they look great and they got four stars and five stars and they're ready to go. Well, it is a process to earn your way onto the field. So this is highly debated. And I thought this might get a little more love since this is kind of a constant storyline. If you follow Notre Dame football, you hear. But in our vote, 26% went with a young linebacker overtaking a veteran. Second place in the voting, 34%. Where will the sacks come from? And this is actually a question I have. Isaiah Foskey is getting ready for the NFL Combine and the NFL Draft. He left Notre Dame as the all-time sack leader in program history. I wouldn't say he had an explosive last season. He had a good, solid season. I think it was what you would expect, but hoping for a little more. But where are the sacks going to come from this year? Highly debatable, and I don't have great answers for you right now. That's why we have spring practice. That's why we watch practice and try to pick up on who's making a big move. But winning the vote, 40% of you felt like the Notre Dame defensive-related storyline that is most likely to occur this spring will be having this conversation that Notre Dame continues to search for defensive line depth. Well, you think back to last year, Notre Dame goes through spring practice, and Chris Smith joins the program in the spring there's a small window where people can be picked up out of the portal and Notre Dame got Chris Smith 6'2 293 he provided an extra body in the interior of the defensive line and you know what at the end of the day he was needed and I thought he played good solid football for this Notre Dame football squad so that was a very nice addition from Harvard when Notre Dame added Chris Smith I'm with the voters. I think something like that might happen again in that spring cycle, and you believe it will as the Irish continue to search for defensive line depth. We thank you for voting on my Twitter account at 960SportsBeat, and I have posted this afternoon a question that will run through the next couple of days. So I actually asked this question to Patrick Engel from Blue and Gold Illustrated last night. He covers Fighting Irish football and Fighting Irish men's basketball. I had not planned to ask him this question. It just kind of popped into my head 
as we were talking a little bit about this Irish basketball team that's 2-15 and 15 in the ACC after almost making it to the Sweet 16 last year, but gone from last year's team were two players that were not replaced. It's hard to replace a first-round NBA draft pick, that being Blake Wesley from South Bend Riley. But Notre Dame also was unable to fill the void from the man in the middle, Paul Atkinson. And the Irish are really playing without a post guy this season. So, that brought this question to mind. If you could bring back one player from Notre Dame men's basketball last year and add him to this year's team, which player would you choose when you think about who would make the biggest impact on the team? Now, it would seem like an easy question, right? Blake Wesley's a first-round pick, but let's also put this in perspective. You don't have a post player in Paul Atkinson on this year's team. He could pass the ball extremely well, had a nice game inside, could hit a little shot from the outside. He was very, very dependable. Was he as explosive or was he as good of a player as Blake Wesley? Absolutely not, but we're trying to fill a void on this year's team that would make them better. Who would have the most impact? I think it's an interesting debate. You could argue Wesley because he was a really good on-ball defender, which Notre Dame struggles with. He made people better on the offensive end with his driving ability and kicking it to the outside, and players had wide-open three-point shots. He was the one guy that could create his own offense. He could take the ball off the dribble to the bucket and draw contact and get to the free-throw line. He gave you all that. But if you bring back Wesley in this hypothetical, what are you going to do down low again? Are you going to go through another season without a true post guy? That's why I think it's an interesting question. So, again, if you could bring back one player from last year's Notre Dame basketball team and put them on this year's team, which player would you choose as you factor in who would have the biggest impact on this year's team? Do you go with the first-round NBA draft pick, Blake Wesley, and add another guard to this team? Or do you get that much-needed post player in Paul Atkinson? You can vote right now or over the next couple of days on my Twitter account at 960 Sportsbeat. Cast your vote for Wesley or Atkinson. I'm really curious to find out the results at the end of the voting, and we'll bring you the results coming up on Monday. And don't forget, Fighting Irish Basketball, they are at Wake Forest. It is a tip tomorrow night at 7 o'clock here on WSBT Radio with a 6.30 pregame. Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat on Sports Radio 960 WSBT is being brought to you by Budweiser, the king of beers, locally distributed by United Beverage Company of South Bend. Sports fans, this Bud's for you. By Barnaby's of Mishawaka and Granger. Now with three locations to serve you, Barnaby's the family inn. By the Food Bank of Northern Indiana. Hunger is a story we can end. Find out how at feedindiana.org. By Midland Engineering Company, beginning their second century of quality roofing experience. By the Mishawaka Education Foundation, granting a better future. And Pet Refuge, urging you to adopt. Don't shop for new beginnings. Have happy endings. Coming up next, I'll preview this very important series for Notre Dame hockey as they play at number four Michigan tonight and tomorrow. 
That's coming up on your home of the Fighting Irish, Sports Radio 960, WSBT. I'm Darren Pritchett. This is Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. We are streaming live at WSBTradio.com and the WSBT Radio app. A little bit of breaking news this afternoon, as we told you off the top of the program. According to our good friend Eric Hansen, the co-publisher of InsideIndieSports.com, part of the Rivals Network. Earlier this afternoon, he came out with a tweet, which was not great news for most Fighting Irish football fans that were excited about the possibility of bringing in an extremely well-thought-of and highly experienced offensive line coach, but apparently it's not to be. As Eric posted on Twitter this afternoon, according to a source, former Georgia offensive line coach Matt Luke is out of the running for the Notre Dame offensive line coaching job. Luke interviewed in South Bend on Tuesday and Wednesday. So according to Eric, Matt Luke will not be the offensive line coach at the University of Notre Dame. So the search continues. It sounds like they had a couple of candidates they were high on. So hopefully the process will not drag on much longer as spring practice will be here before you know it, and a chance for the new offensive line coach to get to know the thinking of offensive coordinator Jared Parker. All right, so that's the latest in regard to Notre Dame football. Still no announcement from Notre Dame on the hiring of a quarterback coach, so the vetting continues on that candidate. Fighting Irish hockey, they have been a staple in the NCAA tournament the last six times there have been an NCAA tournament. The Irish have made the tournament all six times. That is the longest streak in program history. Now, let me say this, that the COVID year in which everything was canceled, just days prior to everything shutting down, Notre Dame was eliminated from the Big Ten tournament quarterfinals up at Minnesota, and... The Irish would not have made the NCAA tournament that year. That's why the wording is active. When there was an active NCAA tournament the last six years, Notre Dame has made it all six years, but that is in jeopardy of coming to a close as the Irish enter this weekend 16th in the Parawise, and they are going to have to win a handful of games starting with the final regular season series at Michigan tonight and tomorrow. They're going to have to win their Big Ten tournament quarterfinal, likely against a ranked opponent, and they might have to make it to the Big Ten title game just to have a chance to make it back to the field of 16. I know when you look at the standings, Notre Dame is 14-14-4. They are 9-10-3 in the Big Ten. That does not sound like an NCAA tournament resume. If this was basketball, no, they would not be going to the field of 68. But Notre Dame's strength of schedule is so good, despite being 500, they have an outside chance to make the tournament. I mean, you think about it, five of their six opponents in the Big Ten are ranked in the top 20. So they're facing great teams every week. While other conferences, there's a lot of gimmies that are thrown in. Hockey East has five or six gimme wins or wins against opponents that you should beat and will beat. 
That's not the case in the Big Ten. His last place, Wisconsin, I think, has beaten everybody now in the conference except for the team they're playing tonight and tomorrow, Penn State. So anything can happen. So let's start with this. Notre Dame was off last weekend and had a chance to rest, heal up a bit. They are a banged-up hockey team. They're without one of their most skilled offensive players, Ryder Ralston. He's been out for a couple of weeks. He is still listed by Notre Dame as day-to-day. Other reports have stated he is not coming back. We shall see. So here was Notre Dame's prep week as they get set to take on their rival, the Michigan Wolverines, up in Ann Arbor tonight and tomorrow. Here's Fighting Irish head coach Jeff Jackson. Well, we're, uh, you know, I mean, we're trying to get healthy and same time, I think we've had good practices. Last week, uh, gave him a couple additional days off, probably more to heal than anything um, because it's the long season and there's always bumps and bruises. And then you add in the academic side of things. So uh, it's an opportunity in a bye week to give them a few extra days off, but then you got to make sure you don't lose your competitive edge in the process. So I think we've had good practices in the meanwhile. Um, so in that regards, you know, I'm hoping that we'll be physically ready to go on Friday night, but it's always a little bit of a challenge after a bye week. Well, it is 5.51, so the line charts are out up at Yost Ice Arena, so I can talk a little bit more about what Coach Jackson was talking about as the Irish are dealing with some injuries right now. You take a look at Ryder Olsen, who I mentioned, is not in the lineup once again tonight. That's not a surprise for me. He is second on the team in scoring with 20. You go further down the list of players on this roster, roster, excuse me, and a guy that is not in the lineup is Jackson Pearson, one of the top two centers on this team. He was injured in the last homestand, did not play on senior night, and he is not in the lineup tonight. And again, that's not a major surprise from you know my standpoint. Otherwise, the team is pretty well ready to go, but those are two players in the top six forwards that will not be playing against one of the best teams in the country. Michigan averages four goals per game, but I've been told two of their top four defensemen will not play tonight and may not play this weekend. I have not received Michigan's line chart to confirm if those players are going to play or not. I'll say this. One of the best players in college hockey is defenseman Luke Hughes of Michigan. Had four goals in a game against Penn State recently. He did not play against Ohio State last weekend. And there is talk he may not play tonight, which is a huge blow to their power play and just the Michigan team in general. So a small opening for this Fighting Irish hockey team. One of the big reasons why Notre Dame has a chance to go to the tournament is their goaltender, Ryan Bischel. This Notre Dame team is still having a heck of a time scoring. There are 60 teams in college hockey, folks. Notre Dame is 52nd in goal scoring. 52nd at 2.34 goals per game. That doesn't sound like a tournament team, but their defense has gotten a lot better. The forwards and the defensemen in five-on-five situations are doing a great job of not giving up 
outstanding scoring chances, helping their goaltender, Ryan Bischel, who leads the country in saves with 1,015. He has started every game for the Irish this year, and Jeff Jackson gives Ryan Bischel a lot of credit for the way this team has played recently. Well, it's been critical. I mean, you know, we've actually started playing a little bit more consistent hockey in front of him. Um, so the shots he does say, you know, that he's not having to face as many, you know, backdoor situations, two-on-one situations that he was facing earlier in the year. And then, you know, we're playing teams in this conference. There's probably three teams that, you know, really emphasize uh, volume shooting. And um, when you play those teams, you can count on them getting, you know, 40, sometimes 50 shots. And, you know, sometimes I think Ryan actually plays better in those situations when he's facing a lot of shots, as long as they're not high percentage shots. And, for the most part, you know, I think that's where, you know, he has so many shots against. So a lot of it has to do with the conference. And then, you know, in the first, probably the first half of the year, or the first 30, we're not as good defensively as we probably need or not as efficient coming out of our zone. So, you know, that led to, you know, more shots, more scoring chances. And, um, but in reality, I mean, he's the best player consistently throughout the year. All right, so let's sprinkle in some positive news. I've talked about a lot of ifs, ands, and buts about this Notre Dame team as they try to come back from you know a, a rough stretch of hockey that's put them in this tough spot. But Notre Dame is up to 22nd in the country in goals against average at 2.66. That has improved significantly over the last month, and Bischel is a big reason why the team is playing really good 5-on-5 five five hockey defensively. They just can't score in five-on-five situations. Now, their power play has gotten better recently. That's helping the cause. And let's also add this in. Ryan Bischel started both games at Michigan last year, and Matthew Goleida could not go to a medical thing, which I think we all know what medical thing was for the last couple of years. And Bischel won both games at Michigan. He's never lost in Ann Arbor. The Irish have won six of seven at Yost. And with Michigan being a little banged up, Maybe there's a chance the Irish can come in and steal a game or two from Michigan this weekend. I want to close with the South Bend native Landon Slaggart, the second of three Slaggarts that have or will play for the Fighting Irish. Graham is now playing in the Maple Leafs organization. Carter will be coming in next year. And Landon, a Blackhawks draft pick, six goals, six assists, 12 points. You know, that's a guy that I think Notre Dame was expecting a lot of goals from. It's not like he has played poorly. I think he has been one of our best players throughout the year. I'm not sure there's that perfect center that sets up goal scores on this team like we have seen in past years. For example, T.J. Tynan used to be a great distributor of the puck for Anders Lee. And I don't think Landon has that perfect combination, although he and Primo and Justin Janicki have actually kind of come together and formed Notre Dame's best line, but I just don't think there's that perfect playmaker to help Landon get into even better scoring areas. So Landon's one of our best penalty kill players on this team. He is fundamentally sound, high hockey IQ, and is a very skilled player. Don't let the numbers deceive you. He has been really good this year, and Jeff Jackson talked about Landon earlier this week. You know, the, the big thing for me, Fred, is if he wasn't getting chances, if he wasn't uh, 
being a productive player, then I'd be nervous. But even through all this, you know, the first half uh, didn't have the, the maybe the offensive uh, opportunity that, that maybe we expected or taken advantage of the offensive opportunities that he's had. Um, you know, we expect that, you know, I expected him to be, you know, hopefully a 15 to 20 goal scorer. And I still think he's got that in him and not for this year, but I mean, like, I, I think he's got a legitimate chance, but his game isn't always just about scoring. Um, he's a guy that makes his line mates better just with his physical presence. He plays a real strong game on the walls. He's a good puck protector. He's smart. He can make a play, and yet, you know, when he he's not afraid to get to the net, and he's got a real good net presence. So, we're, we're you know we're just uh, probably as disappointed or frustrated as he was that he wasn't being as productive as we'd like. But you know, he has in the second half here picked up his game, and he's been more consistent with his performance. And he plays in every situation. He plays probably the most minutes, or you know, certainly one of the top two guys uh, most minutes for for our team. So. Uh, because he is, he's a good penalty killer. He's good on the power play. He certainly plays important minutes five on five. Uh, so uh, he's all about, it's all about his character and his work ethic. And, you know, and he's, he's just a, a real, real solid player that impacts other players that he plays with. There you go. Jeff Jackson on the South Bend kid, Landon Slagert, the Irish and Michigan always Always fun when they get together, especially at Yost Ice Arena, the best atmosphere in all of college hockey. Notre Dame and Michigan pregame at 645, and the opening faceoff comes your way at 7 o'clock. All right, we'll step aside for a moment. More sports beat coming up on your home of the Irish Sports Radio 960 WSBT. It is 10 minutes after 6 o'clock on your home of the Fighting Irish, Sports Radio 960, WSBT. My name is Darren Pritchett. Notre Dame hockey coming up in the next hour at our sister station, Quality Rock, 94.3 FM. Mishawaka Caveman Basketball at South Bend St. Joe on our sister station, 96.1 the ton in about 45 minutes. We've got sports speed until 7 here on WSBT Radio. If you're just joining us, the Notre Dame football news of the day. Eric Hansen from InsideIndieSports.com, part of the Rivals Network, reported today that according to one of his sources, former Georgia offensive line coach Matt Luke is out of the running for the Notre Dame offensive line coaching job. Luke interviewed in South Bend on Tuesday and Wednesday. So a guy that many Irish fans were very excited about, ton of experience. He has worked with some high-end offensive minds like David Cutcliffe and Philip Fulmer. But unfortunately, he, for whatever reason, is no longer on the list for Notre Dame offensive line coach. So the search continues for head coach Marcus Freeman as he tries to fill that final seat at the coaching table for 2023. And we will have the Notre Dame Blue Gold game for you here on WSBT Radio in, well, just about two months. Looking forward to that. Well, we're also looking forward to on our sister station, 96.1 The Ton, next week, bringing you coverage 
of the Class 4A Boys Basketball Laporte Sectional. We will bring you all five games of the sectional here on WSBT Radio. Brian Miller will have the call of the sectional on 96.1 The Ton. And here's just a little sample of what to expect. The sectional gets underway on Tuesday. And, of course, we're dealing with Laporte, so I've got to talk in Eastern time and Central time. But on Tuesday at 6.30 Eastern time, it'll be South Bend Adams taking on Michigan City. On December 17th, these two teams played, and the Eagles beat Michigan City 70-60. But Michigan City, you could argue, has the most explosive offensive player in the sectional in guard, Jamie Hodges, averaging right around 21 points per game. Now, the Wolves have been good in their building this year. Road and neutral site games, Michigan City is only 6-4. and four, And they'll take on an Adams team that I really like. I know the record, not what Coach Johnson's looking for right now, but it is a revamped team, a lot of new faces, but they played Mishawaka recently, and they didn't shoot it well, but they got some really good looks. So they got themselves in position to score, but just couldn't hit the shots. And Bertain Van averages 18 a game. Jeremiah Love at 11. Amari Wesson at almost 10 points per game. Pretty good, solid team. Probably going to be even better next year. But this Adams team is 4-9 in road games and neutral site games so far this year. So when Adams and Michigan City play Tuesday at 6.30 Eastern time, the winner advances to Friday's 6.30 Eastern time sectional semifinal against the host school, 16-6. and Laporte, the Slicers, have won six in a row. They are 9-3 and at home this year, and they have beaten Michigan City already this year at Michigan City January 20th, 76-73. The Slicers are a very old, experienced basketball team. They've got three players averaging in double figures. Kyle Kirkham at 14 a game. I apologize. I don't know the correct pronunciation of the next player. It is Rylan Kozowski at 11.4 points per game and guard Malik Corley at 10.5 a contest. So if this sectional was seeded, you could probably make a strong argument that Laporte would be one and Michigan City two, but in this blind draw, both of those teams are in the upper part of this sectional, and there's a very good chance we could have Michigan City against Laporte in a sectional semifinal next Friday night at 6.30 Eastern time. Now we go to the bottom part of the draw. And that's where we find the team that we cover, the Mishawaka Cayman, partners with Mishawaka High School. And Tuesday night at 8 o'clock Eastern time, it'll be 9-12 and 12 Plymouth taking on 16-6 and 6 Mishawaka. These two teams played in a Northern Lakes Conference game on January 6th at Plymouth. The final score of the game doesn't indicate how the game started. The Cayman won 63-55. But that night, at the end of the first quarter, it was Mishawaka 16, Plymouth 2. The second unit for Mishawaka came into the ballgame, kind of coughed up the lead, and it just never seemed like the starters could get the engines restarted as they struggled with Plymouth, walked away with an eight-point victory. 
but it was 16-2 to after the first quarter. Davis Ray is a major factor for the Pilgrims at 12.5 points per game. Easton Strain at 11 points per game. The Pilgrims road and neutral site games this year. They are just 4-4. Four and four. Now for the Cavemen, they are 16-6. and six. Earlier this year, they had an 11-game winning streak. If Mishawaka wins tonight at St. Joe, they'll have 17 regular season wins. That win total would be the second best in the last 30 years at Mishawaka High School. The 0405 Rob Berger Mishawaka team won regular season game total of 19. So in his first season, Bodie Bender could get victory number 17 tonight. So again, second best regular season win total in 30 years. So this Mishawaka team has hopes of ending a drought. Mishawaka has not won a sectional since 19. 86 and they have a dynamic guard that can do a lot of damage in arthur jones he had 17 against marcus burton and penn the other night he is probably their top offensive weapon and mishawaka is hoping to get one of their best offensive players back in brady fisher and he is a guy that handles some inside work, very reliable player. They have not had him for about a month due to an injury, and there is hope that he could come back tonight or next week for Bodie Bender's team, which would be a major boost for this caveman team trying to win that first sectional since 1986. So Plymouth, Mishawaka, Tuesday night at 8. The winner of that game moves on to the sectional semifinal Friday at 8 o'clock Eastern time. Riley beat Plymouth earlier this year, 58-48. If that's the matchup, the Wildcats are 13-9, and and they've got that 10-point win over Plymouth. Mishawaka at the Cave back on December 9th ended an over-decade of frustration beating Riley for the first time, I think, in 18 years. And Mishawaka won 62-57. Marvin Schindler leads the Wildcats at 15 points per game. It is a balanced sectional. You can make an argument for anyone could win this particular sectional. So we've got Tuesday night at 6.30 Eastern time on 96-1 the ton. Adams versus Michigan City. Tuesday night at 8 o'clock Eastern time, Plymouth versus Mishawaka. And then a week from tonight, the semifinals. The winner of Adams, Michigan City, will take on Laporte. And the victor of Plymouth, Mishawaka, gets South Bend Riley with the championship game coming up in eight days, a week from Saturday. More on that sectional, more on all the local sectionals coming up next week here on Sportsbeat. 619, quick break. We'll have a little sizzler coming up next on WSBT. Show me the money. <laughs> we go with Sizzler. <laughs> we go with Sizzler. 626 at WSBT. Welcome back to Sports Speed on your home of the Fighting Irish. Sports Radio 960 WSBT. I'm Darren Pritchett. Our Sizzler segment for this Friday. Let's first recap what happened last night. Started off really good. Penn State plus two and a half at Ohio State. That worked out. Penn State. One outright, 75-70. The rest of the night stunk as Rutgers laid an egg at home against Michigan. Lost that one. 
at Illinois minus five and a half against Northwestern. Illinois down 18 at halftime, rallied back to win, but only won by four. That doesn't work. And Bruins and Kraken played a low-scoring game the first time they met. And they decided to play a shootout last night. 6-5 Boston. The over-under was six. Of course I took the under, so I went one and three last night. It's got to turn around sometime, so let's keep Plug it away, and here are the four suggestions for tonight. College basketball in the Big East. Seton Hall hosting Xavier. The Pirates getting a point and a half at home, and we go back to that unranked home favorite versus a ranked team. It's worked well this year. It did not work in the Illinois-Northwestern game last night. Against the spread in that situation, the unranked home favorite is 30-15. and 15. Let's go with the trend one more time. Seton Hall plus one and a half against Xavier. NBA, Bulls on the money line against the Nets at minus 130. It's tough to bet on the Bulls. They just aren't as good as we thought. The Nets are a totally different team now. Let's just go with the home team and hope for the best. Due to what I thought, there's going to be some injuries for Michigan tonight. Let's go with a college hockey suggestion. Notre Dame hockey plus one and a half goals at Michigan, minus 150 as far as I can go in my rules for doing this, and that's what the spread is. So Notre Dame plus one and a half goals at Michigan at minus 150. So you bet 10, you win 16-66. Not a big turnover, but I'm just looking for a win. And how about college baseball? Let's run a college baseball choice. Florida State has the best coach in America in Link Jarrett, and they are visiting TCU tonight. Florida State looked really good last weekend. So let's go with Florida State baseball on the money line at minus 105 at TCU. They only struck out 15 times in three games. That's how good Link Jared and his coaching staff is. They do such a great job of presenting information to their players on the pitchers they will face. Big reason why Notre Dame has been so good the last couple of years. But unfortunately, Link is now going to do his magic at Florida State. So what the heck? Let's go a little college baseball. Florida State minus 105 at TCU. So we've got Seton Hall plus one and a half against Xavier in college hoops. NBA Bulls on the money line against the Nets. Hockey, Notre Dame hockey plus one and a half goals at Michigan. And finally, Florida State baseball on the money line at TCU. Something for everyone. And I'm just not getting used to these big bases in the Major League Baseball games. Looks like a big pizza box on the field. I was watching some games today, and the whole pitch clock and batters have to be in the box. They get an infraction. Manny Machado had that happen to him today. Very, very odd. All right, that's going to do it for our Sizzler segment. Hopefully a good night tonight. Coming up next, Notre Dame football recruiting conversation. I'll be joined by Blue and Gold Illustrated's Mike Singer to get you caught up on everything happening with the coaching searches and how it affects Notre Dame football recruiting. Also, we've got Irish hockey coming up at the top of the hour in Quality Rock 94.3 FM. Mishawaka basketball, top of the hour, 96.1 the ton. But this is Sports Radio 960 WSBT.
Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering, char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. 